Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. I have to apologize this week. Everything is going to be quick and choppy. I did hours of work editing this episode, only to have most of it erased by the time that I got to actually put it on the air. Don't worry, most of the episode itself is actually still intact. What I lost was the introductions from both our from our special guest, Mike Olson, and our team of players. So what you're getting is the introductions from episode two, just so you can get used to everybody's voice before we start the game. Once again, I am so so sorry about that, especially because we are consider especially because we are featuring the Atomic Robo role-playing system, a game that demands perfection. I do think we hit some of that this episode. You're just going to be missing the correct intros. To bring everybody up to speed as they mi- to bring everybody up to speed because we missed out on the original intro to this system, Atomic Robo is based on a comic book by Brian Clevenger and Scott Wegner. The basic premise is that in the 20s, Nikola Tesla designs an automatic intelligence, the Atomic Robo, to be his wise-cracking lab assistant and son. But because Robo's a robot, he's immortal, so he grows to be much, much more. He defends New York against a power-mad Thomas Edison, he fights Nazis in the 40s, he matches wits with creatures from outside space and time, and his air quotes arch-nemesis is a talking, scientifically inaccurate velociraptor. Atomic Robo is an amazing comic that you can buy right now on Comixology or at your local comic book store. And better yet, it's a role-playing game, and you're about to hear it on our show right now. So with all that out of the way, let's get to it. All right, so we are back with our Robo Force team. First up, Cat Murphy. Hey, Jeez. Welcome, welcome to the show. What's up, Cat? Uh, your character. Uh, she is a skateboard computer hacker. She is built to live in the '80s, '90s mecca of ridiculous punk characters. Indeed, she is. But she does not consider herself punk by any means. I want to make that clear. She thinks she's a very serious scientist. <laughs> Yes, who also happens to be able to, you know, grind with the best of them. How old is she? She's 17. 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so clearly, like, she's obviously working for Tesladyne, so she must be an accomplished scientist in her own right right now. How yeah, did... she, she's, uh, this is like postgraduate work for her, you know. How did she get into action science? Uh, she got into action science because her parents are uh, secretly East German spies. She's been around that stuff for a long time. And with uh, growing up in the U.S. around X propaganda, she kind of bought into it early, and then she met people like Robo, who inspired her to fight the good fight. Um, so, like, she had access to tech early on, and, and now she kind of sadly fights against her parents. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Teenage thing. Of course. I love teen heroes. Uh, let's move on to Colin Cunningham. Colin. Hello. We are now in the middle of your fate adventure. Uh, mm-hmm. Your life is great right now. Yes. Uh, so let's let's talk about let's talk about your character Touchdown. Yes, uh, Doctor David L. Katzenbogen, aka Touchdown. Uh, how did how did he get into action science? Well, he's always been a man of action and science. He's a he's a real champion at sports. Uh, he mm-hmm. was on the football team, um, and uh, he was a mechanical engineer at. Uh, MIT. Um, oh, did he just play college football, or was he pro football? Does MIT have a, have a team? 
Uh, you know, in the Atomic Robo-verse, they absolutely do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, he could have he could have gone pro. He had a, uh, he had an offer from a team, but uh, he also had an offer from Tesla Dine to right. uh, do some action science. And, uh, yeah, that really won out. <laughs> so now, now instead of uh, throwing Hail Mary passes for a touchdown, he, uh, he has a rocket launcher and blows stuff up. A surface-to-surface rocket launcher. Yes. <laughs> surface-to-surface missile launcher, yes. Is, is such a great just, idea. Just yeah. great. <laughs> on paper. Uh, and let, let's move on to our, our final player. Uh, that is P.K. Sullivan. P.K. is a game designer from Chicago. Uh, you're actually working on your own Fate product right now uh, for the Patreon. Yes. Uh, just... Uh, you all you need to say is the name and roughly when you think it's going to be coming out or okay so the name of the patreon adventure that i am writing is the three rocketeers and that's that's all you need to know now you i'm sure you have hundreds of my listeners trying to throw their money at the screens to get their heads uh, I, on that i suggest they throw their money at patreon.com slash evil hat uh and i believe it will be out sometime in 2015 okay so uh, uh don't we're not holding anybody to that uh we're actually going to be getting a preview of that on the show later this month anyway uh but i just wanted to point out that uh you Guys, if you're interested in that adventure, if you're interested in Fate and Fate Adventures, you should follow PK on Google Plus or Twitter uh, to get updates about that. Uh, PK, let's learn about your character. Okay. I am playing Dr. Marvin Hinton, a.k.a. Barricade. Uh, His action figure is the roadblock action figure from uh, G.I. Joe. So I sort of envision him as a cross between Neil deGrasse Tyson and Mr. T. (laughs) <laughs> he uh he is a particle physicist so uh and his bet but his, that's only his fair mode his best mode <laughs> is action yes. so he is the big dude going taking things uh uh to the limit he's the person you turn to when you need some uh some stuff going on uh in combat and one of his stunts so his signature weapon is his M2 Browning 50 caliber machine gun, which in my head I have nicknamed the Super Collider. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's adorable. That is flawless. Uh, well, let's hop right in uh, to talking to Mike. Ba-ba-ba-ba. For this session, I thought because RoboForce is a little bit of a variation on standard atomic robo lore, and I think it's a really fun setting, I'd like you to just explain the basic premise so that people can use this in their own games. Sure. Uh, so imagine that in the 80s, uh, there's no G.I. Joe. I, I Just try to imagine that if you can. <laughs> um, and instead, uh, Robo, in an effort to secure the uh, financial future of Tesladyne, he licenses the names and likenesses of himself and Tesladyne and the action scientists out to Hasbro and Marvel and Sunbow for the purposes of making toys and comics and a cartoon about RoboForce, which is a uh, fictionalized... G.I. Joe-like version of Tesladyne, um, where all the action scientists have uh, kind of wacky G.I. Joe costumes, they have wacky vehicles, they have code names, um, and uh, uh, the licensing off of this, the licensing fees, is that's going to keep Tesladyne going in case Robo screws up again like he did um, in um, the South Pacific in the 50s, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which he did. Um, so 
all of the characters in RoboForce are regular action scientists, but for their character portraits, I use G.I. Joe figures. <laughs> and uh, I also, actually, for these characters, the I use the names of actual G.I. Joe characters, like um, um, Shanna O'Hara is Scarlet, but I just changed her name to Vermilion. <laughs> um, and uh, except except radical, she's she's made up, but she's Arana's action figure. Anyway, um, so uh, it's it's a very heightened '80s, like super '80s version of Atomic Robo, where there's a flamboyant um, terrorist organization called Zero Hour that is an offshoot from Department Zero, this this Soviet agency that um, we don't really know a lot about in the comic, but um, they're basically Cobra. Uh, Zero Hour is. And then also you always have Helsingard around as a, a thing to throw in. And in fact, this whole thing comes from, in the first volume of Robo, there's one panel that shows him facing off with three action scientists against Helsingard in Paris in 85. And those action scientists are clearly Bazooka, Scarlet, and Roadblock from G.I. Joe. <laughs> like, they are obviously those characters, which was what gave me the idea for this in the first place. I was like, oh, that's the game right there. Um, and uh, so as long as you keep that Super 80s uh, feel and uh, the, uh, the it's not the hub anymore, but Discovery Family reruns G.I. Joe every day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so just set your DVR and then make time for that somehow as I've done and watch a bunch of G.I. Joe and then pick out the dumbest things you can find G.I. Joe and then make a game about that. Very cool. Um, very, very yeah, I've, cool. I've run it a number of times now and it's really it's it's been a lot of fun to do. It's become my new go-to game because it's so malleable. It, you know, like it could just go anywhere. Right, right. We see a shot of the Oval Office, and the desk chair is turned around away from the camera when suddenly a red light starts flashing on the side of the wall. America is under attack by communists and terrorists. Get me Atomic Robo! The red light is blinking, and then two glowing blue eyes open up, and you see, posing in a dramatic pose with a battle-damaged, torn-up shirt on top of a mountain is a robot that's posing with an American flag and several eagles flying out behind him. The RoboForce team! Touchdown! Touchdown is, uh, he's he's, uh, in a tank going through the desert. It's just a tank. And then uh, suddenly a missile comes in and blows up the cannon on top. But then the hatch opens up from the front, and uh, a man appears out of the front with a with an even bigger gun <laughs> and keeps shooting. At the end, I've got a, a thick black mustache, rippling with muscles, and uh, his old college uh, football jersey, which still fits him uh, <laughs> perfectly as he, as he wipes the sweat off his brow. Uh, radical. (laughs) So there's a scene of an an underground club where kids are battling robots on laptops. So there's like a teenage girl with a bright red ponytail and she has on like a pink torn up belly shirt and then ripped up jeans uh, and knee pads and like cut off gloves. She gets a blink on a wrist communicator. She like presses enter and her robot just crushes the other robot then she pulls out uh, a skateboard and hops on it and like does a does a flip out of the thing mid-air her skateboard turns into a surfboard uh, and she goes <laughs> flying off into the distance turns to the camera and salutes yes <laughs> 
So the scene cuts to a fighter jet flying through the sky amidst heavy fire, lasers, bullets, all that sort of thing. And you zoom in and Barricade is a uh, large black man. And the the jet is comically small Mm -hmm. around him. Uh, It's almost like he's wearing it. And he uh, starts doing a barrel roll and like ejects down and pulls with him the jet's cannon. And he, when he comes out, you see he's wearing a an ori- bright orange jumpsuit, not unlike a prisoner's jumpsuit, <laughs> and a green flak vest. And he's firing his j- enormous machine gun as he falls to earth, and you know parachute uh, deploys, and it, the camera's swooping around, and you just see him going, Aah! and then he lands. <laughs> And we cut to a scene that is Atomic Robo uh, holding up a test tube, looking at a blue liquid uh, with his glowing blue eyes. And then it zooms out and you see he's surrounded by the RoboForce team and they're firing machine guns at helicopters that are surrounding them in all directions. And then it zooms out even more. And you see that they are surfing on a gigantic rock down a lava flow of a volcano that's exploding. And Rovo throws the blue vial onto the lava and it all freezes over (laughs) as the helicopters explode midair. The helicopters explode midair, but they explode with red, white, and blue smoke. And the words, Robo Force, appear on the screen as Robo and his team say, Robo! Okay, so the year is indeed 1984. I don't know how old you are, but uh, let's. That I want to go over actually. some of the main things, some some of the big things that happened. Because um, 1984 is uh, sometimes called the year the 80s became the 80s, like it's, hmm. it's the the 80s of 80s years. Um, so 1984, Apple premieres a new line of home computer, the Macintosh. Uh, Virgin Atlantic Airways makes its inaugural flight, which surprised me. Uh, the Summer Olympics open in Los Angeles in the face of a Soviet boycott. The spatial discovery launches into orbit for the first time. Incumbent President Ronald Reagan wins a second term in office. Bruce Springsteen kicks off his legendary Born in the USA tour. And an elderly woman speaks for all Americans when she asks, where's the beef? Uh, so E4 is, uh, you know, it's, it's the, I've become a G.I. Joe scholar since running this game. <laughs> and 84 is when G.I. Joe premieres. So, um... Uh, anything you associate with the 80s is probably a thing that, uh, just in terms of tone, is definitely a thing that's going to be happening in 1984. So we open on uh, U4 people. U4, uh, well, you action scientists and robo. Um, you are... I prefer uh, sentience, you but are... sure. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Nothing. That was uh, cracking wise. Uh... Good. <laughs> um. So you are a, a, a frequent, I think I mentioned in that email, that a, a frequent antagonist of Robo is a guy named Helsingard, who now is reduced to a series of brain and jar uh, robots, and his um, auto-soldats, kind of weird, undead, Zomborg thing, minions. So you are currently in um, a missile silo, let's say, trying to clean out another uh, a Helsingard bunker. Because they're all over the world, and they're full of dangerous things, and you want to get them all wiped out, so you don't have to deal with them or worry about them again before someone else gets their hands on the tech that's in there. And you're fighting a big Helsingard, like a crab-like Helsingard, brain-in-a-jar robot. So there's like a, somewhere on the, it's like a, like a big, kind of eight-legged warbot, like big heavy construction, very strong and dangerous. 
there's a lot of these uh, kind of they're they're like zombies, but in a like a robot body. I'm not sure how the zombies figure into it, but I don't know. Maybe he's using their brains as a computer or something. I'm not, I'm not really sure. But there's a bunch of those guys too. So uh, there's a fight going on, and we're just going to uh, use this as a little intro in media res scene to uh, get the see how the dice work. Robo, I'm going to say that uh, you are currently facing off against Helsingard himself because you're the super strong one, and so is he. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is uh, there are several groups of um, these auto soldats as well. So the way we do action order in Atomic Robo is like in uh, Marvel Heroic, where one person goes and you pick who goes next. Robo, I'm going to have I'm going to have me go first. Okay. I'm the scene, so yeah, I'm of course. To you first. Yeah, you know what? So Helsingard, uh, he is grabbing you. So long missile silo, it's a long way down, and you're on some little like catwalk things along the uh, the rim of it. Also a long way down. Helsingard reaches out with these two big crab-like pincher arms and tries to grab you. So let's see if he does. So I have. I'm creating an advantage with physique, so I'm just trying to be strong. It's not a not a combat thing yet. I'm not trying to hurt you. Mm-hmm. So I've rolled a plus two on my dice. There they are. Okay. Um, I have a physique of six. Oh. Uh, so I have a total of eight. And like you, I'm super strong. So normally, if it were, if anyone else were trying to do this, you would just brush them off because you're super strong and they're not. But in this case, we're both super strong. So you'll have to roll something to contest me. All right. So um, that would be physique, I guess, or maybe athletics. Uh, it's all the, it's all the same. Um, I get a plus two on that and added to my four. That brings me to six, so not quite eight. Okay, so now I'm either winning or you can spend fate points to try to beat me on that. Actually, um, I, I think uh, Robo, in my experience, usually starts most of his fights as the underdog and takes a lot of damage beforehand. Right. I would like to ask for a compel on Special Agent sure. Robo. I believe that sure. I am contractually obligated to take battle damage in any battle according to my contract with the toy company <laughs> so that they can move more battle-damaged Robo figures. Yes. Okay, right. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to compel you to get a uh, get a consequence then. Excellent. If you want lasting damage, that's what... Let lots of consequences are so sure, and we can all use the campaign aspects. Yes, yeah. Yes. So all the campaign aspects are free to invoke once. Once you invoke them, I'll uh, cross them off. You know, I'll put a little X in there so we know they're done. Very so cool. yeah, the campaign aspects: fighting terrorism with science. General Null is up to no good. He's the uh, he's the head of that uh, zero hour thing. You're on, in the kung fu grip of the Cold War. <laughs> Robo is the battle cry of uh, Robo Force, obviously. Hey, just like in the show. And there's a blurry line between cartoons and reality, which we've just seen, actually. So Robo has gone. And then Robo's going to have a, uh, a mild consequence of um, just battle damage. That sounds pretty Battle good. damage. A consequence is just like an aspect, one that whoever attacks you gets to put on you, and it's not good for you. Generally not something you can use yourself. So it's it's bad news. And I can invoke it once for free for a plus two or reroll. So great, he has you grabbed. You know, there are a lot more efficient designs than a lobster claw. You could be grabbing me much stronger than this. <laughs> this makes absolutely no sense. Opposable thumbs are a thing. See? Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> Silence, Robo. You'll be talking out of the other side of your head when you're 
dropping to the bottom of this missile silo. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to act. Um, <laughs> okay, so great. So he's got you uh, grabbed. He's holding you over the edge of this catwalk, and that seems like a problem. So who's going to go next? I'm going to have Barricade go next. All right. Uh, so we've got this swarm of uh, uh, Zomborgs coming at us, right? So three three groups of three auto-soldats each. Okay. And that one big Balsam Guard uh, thing. So So nine of them. Okay, so I think I am going to try to just hold them back in true G.I. Joe fashion. Uh, thousands okay. of rounds fired, but no one gets hit. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, and I would like to um, create an obstacle against the... So it's just the one big Hel- Helsingard thing that Robo's fighting. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I would like to uh, create an obstacle of a hail of bullets that uh, just... Great. Gets in the way. So, just give me a roll four dice, and the difficulty is going to be plus zero, because no one is really opposing you on this, right? You're just going to fire a bunch of shots in the air and hope that's relevant for people later on. So, um, it's not like you're acting directly against someone. You're just trying to... Right, and then I would be using my combat skills? Yeah, yeah, combat. Okay, then that is a four. Great, great so you succeed with style. Uh, And I have... And stay down! When you invoke an... uh, Oh, hold on, never mind. Oh, that's not, right. not yet. But I have now created an obstacle, so when I yeah. invoke it, I can increase the opponent, uh, right. opponent's difficulty. So this has two free invokes on it, uh, so it can be invoked twice. How am I going to represent that? Yeah, so Barricade is just, with his M2 Browning 50 cal machine gun, just going, <laughs> Very good, yeah, he has this ridiculously huge gun. Um, so the Hail of Bullets, he succeeded with style, so it has two free invocations that can be invoked twice on two separate rolls, or both times on one roll, and then even when a thing runs out of free invocations, you can still spend a fate point to invoke it. So, if you really wanted to use that Hail of Bullets aspect, someone could invoke it twice, and then spend a fate point to invoke it again, and get a plus six out of it. It'd be nuts. <laughs> uh, okay, so who goes Who goes next? Barricade? Um, I will hand it off to Radical. Cool. Radical! Great. <laughs> so, uh, I think Radical is currently, like, skateboarding in and out of these robots. Uh, so, Zomborgs, what do the Zomborgs look like? <laughs> um, they, uh, they, they kind of look like they just, like, robot humanoid bodies. Yeah. And then a, cor- a corpse head sticking out of the top. They, like, kind of lolls to one side. Okay. Um, Torticollis. Are and, they, um, do they have any, like, synced up radio components that would potentially knock you, out a group? Would you like them to be? Would you like them to I be would controlled? very much like that, yes. Okay, so this is, um, this to me is creating an advantage because you're trying to discover a thing about them that you can make use of. Okay. So, um, uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so. So, what do you think? Radical's going to, uh, she's skateboarding through the feet of these, uh, of these Zomborgs, and she, uh, there's like one straggler near the back, and she grabs it by the ankle and pulls it off to a corner, and opens up one of the, like, its back hatch, and tries a, um, a robotics to try to make that advantage. Okay, sure. Cool. Uh, so I. It's gonna be opposed by Helsingard. Cool. Cool, that makes sense. Uh, I nulled out, so that's a plus five. Okay, well, I also have a five. So here's what you can do. No, I don't. I have a six. So you can either um, get the aspect, but it's my aspect. So you can, if you want to make an aspect, if you want to say, like, yes, they are controlled by Helsingard, you can make that aspect, but I get the free invocation on it. Yep. Mm. Um, or you could spend a fate point and get a bonus. You only, I only beat you by one. So... Even a, even a, invoking one aspect will 
put you over the top. I think I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the fate point. I'm gonna invoke. um, Let's see. Uh, I'm just gonna invoke Tesladyne's teen prodigy at this point. She's Mm -hmm. kind of in like rote mode, uh, and she like goes in. You know, she looks up at uh, Barricade because he's the closest, and she's like, "Keep them distracted for three minutes. I think I've got this." Uh, You've got two. That's how you develop a reputation as a miracle worker. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've put an athlete down of uh, auto soldats controlled by Helsingard. Did you want something more uh, detailed or flavorful or something like that? I think that that's adequate. Throughout the scene, as I find out more about it, I'm describing to the group the specifics of the, the thing. So it's like, Robo, I think you can take them out if you... XXXXX. Mm-hmm. Cool. You're right, right. And, you know, we assume characters say things in fiction that we have know nothing about right. in real life, so, like, don't feel compelled to... If you can fill it with Technobabble, great, but if you can't, don't. <laughs> I saw a G.I. Joe the other night that um, uh, described to the viewer what a computer virus was and then had a computer explode. Yes! <laughs> it was great. It's beautiful. And then Mindbender says, look, not all viruses make computers explode, but this one does. I'm like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> okay, so, cool, That's uh, that was that was good work there. Radical, who goes next? So that would be Touchdown, right? That's your name? Well, it could be my guys, too. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, let's complicate the scene before we get to Touchdown. So, So, yeah, over to your guys. So, Autosoldats, Helsingard's already gone, so it has to be an Autosoldat. Okay, so Autosoldats, we'll do what Autosoldats do. Um, This first group of Autosoldats is going to kind of swarm forward and just complicate things, so they're going to just try to create an advantage. So I'm going to roll some dice... Oh, I did very poorly. Trust me, I did very poorly. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to make a, an aspect of auto-soldat swarm, which just means they're uh, surging forward, and so I get the free invokes on those aspects. Um, they're going to have auto-soldat to B go next, because uh, this is the way these guys work. So min- these are nameless NPCs. They just work as a group. Sure. Um, and uh, they're just, again, they're just, like, surging forward just the same way that a few firing bullets in the air and, you know, making a hail of bullets aspect. They're doing the same thing with this swarm, like, trying to make life difficult for somebody. Um, so uh, they're, they also succeeded at one, so they're going to put another invoke on the addition of the aspect already have auto-sold that swarm. It's going to put another invocation on it, um, which is a thing you can do. You don't have to... Um, you don't have to make a new aspect every time if you don't want to. If you're ready that you want to put more invocations on, you can just do that. So then, because the last auto-soldats auto are going to attack uh, Barricade. Okay. That's right. Now, this would be a time, Barricade, if you want to say, hey, they have to get through my hail of bullets before they can do anything else. Um, I um, would like to do that. If you want to use that as an optical, you could do that now. I would like to do that. And when I... Okay. Tag that, it uh, increases their difficulty by plus three, because yeah. I have and stated. So, um, right now, there is a hail of bullets. So, there, so if they want to do anything against you to get to you, they have to beat a two. If you invoke hail of bullets once, now they have to beat a five, just to do anything. Yep. Even if they overcome it, that's their round, trying to do it. I don't think they're going to do it, because they stink. Uh, they're just nameless little guys, so well, plus five is kind of a big deal. Um, and they don't. They try to get close to you, and... Uh, you don't take any of them out, but you're, uh, these are heavy caliber bullets you have. And they kind of ping off them and like send them off balance and stuff. And um, I'm going to invoke, just, just for the Hail Mary of it, I'm going to invoke Auto Soldat Swarm once to re-roll. Maybe uh, I'll get close. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I get as close as I did before. 
Um, so okay, so all my advantage to rating with those other auto solets is nothing in the face of Roboforce's uh, violent science. <laughs> okay, so uh, all my guys have uh, have gone, and now oh. we're going to have touchdown go. So right. um, you are ridiculously armed with a surface surface missile launcher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, so it's a few. So all right, yeah. So it's saying that uh, you know touchdown. Uh, he's Robo's buddy, right? He's his right hand man, and probably be kind of yeah. stressed out by seeing a. Uh, uh, Robo up there dangling off the side of a catwalk. So I wanted to use like my mechanical engineering skills to take advantage of like the industrial kind of uh, missile okay. silo that we're in to try to help him get free somehow. Like, is there a crane I can knock into the guy, or like a I, steam pipe I can overload? I like the steam wow. pipe aspect. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, make a roll of some dice, and you're making an aspect, I guess, because that's that's what that sounds like, creating an advantage. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To 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 set Robo up, I guess, to help uh, help him get free on his turn. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got a minus two on that one. Uh, total? So that, that brings yeah, that brings well, that brings me to a three okay. uh, total. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. yeah, cool. That's why three is a uh, a success with style, right? You're real good at this. You should. <laughs> you're a real good mechanical engineer. You've just rolled minus four. Yeah, nice. And you still do an average job. Like, hang in there, Robo. I'm working. It's like cranking a, <laughs> like cranking a wheel. <laughs> steam pipe. Okay. Yes. So what's what's the aspect going to be? A convenient steam pipe. Yeah, like like blinded by steam or something. I like the idea because he's got an exposed brain as part of his character design. I yeah. like the idea of the steam pipe just like heating up that dome <laughs> yeah. and making okay. it difficult for him to <laughs> think properly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no, that's so lame. <laughs> Audience, it that's says Helsingard steam. Yeah, that's yes. good. That's very much the idea. Um. There's there's no greater joy in coming up with a really corny aspect name. <laughs> um, okay, great. So that happens. So you release, you turn some wheel, and then there's some some steam pipe that's just in the right place. You've noticed that um, uh, pours a you know releases this jet of steam into Helsingard's face. I guess mm-hmm. this is where his brain is anyway. Um, awesome. So you have gone now, Robo. Are you sure you're okay there, Helsingard? You're looking a little hot under the collar. <laughs> the best thing about destroying you will never, we'll be never hearing your voice again. <laughs> well, the problem with that is Soviet engineering combined with World War II era mechanics. Robo kicks uh, one of the bolts that's uh, holding the claw, and my intention is to completely dismantle the claw with that kick. Uh, so I am are going. You, are you? Are you are you attacking him with an intent to get a consequence and make that the consequence, yes. or are you creating an advantage? You know, uh, no. aspect you usually. I I am uh I am going to be creating a consequence of disabling the claw okay. by uh, okay, kicking the weakened bolt. Okay, great. So you're attacking. I'm going to defend then in that case. Okay, I got a four. And I got a plus two, and I'm going to be using my physique for this, so that is six. No, you're not. You're going to be using combat. Okay. Oh, combat. Okay, so when, even when better. When you're attacking someone, when you're trying to damage somebody, that's always combat. Okay, always combat. Uh, so that is seven. Seven, even better. Um, and I got a four, so you beat me by three. Now, that's not technically enough 
for me to uh, take a consequence. Oh, right now I'm just going to. Don't worry, I can. I, I am willing to spend a fate point to invoke one of my aspects for a bonus for this, and I want to invoke one of the foremost engineers in the world because I okay. have seen the design of his robot and I know its weak points. And now you beat me by five. Plus, Helsingard's all steamed, right? Yes. Do you want to use both those for a plus four? Absolutely. Do I spend a uh, fate point on each one? Those okay. are free. Cool. So you beat me by nine. And um, Hail of Bullets is probably more relevant <laughs> to um, those, the auto soldats, but you could use it if you wanted. I'm going to invoke Robo Grabbed to reduce that nine to a seven, just so I don't have to get totally wiped out. Of course. Um, and I got it, so I may as well use it. Oh, now I'm going to take a mild consequence. Uh, he has eight of these limbs, so I think losing one isn't a big deal, right? So yeah, that's true. Um, he'll put it back on later. Yeah, this is good for the action figure, too. Not that there's an action figure of this guy, but you know, <laughs> it's good for this guy. Yet. Press a button and it pops off. I'm going to say declawed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So you uh, do that. The combination of the, the steam heating up that bolt and you kicking it with your super strength at just the right place and bang, and this uh, this thing falls off. Now, he still has you in the other claw, right, because we still have this aspect around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But that's that's good. He doesn't have the free invocation on it anymore, so it's, it is mechanically weaker now. Okay. Um, literally and figuratively. Um, so he, ah, cries out in, I don't know, robot pain, I guess. <laughs> he, he programs himself to feel pain for some reason. Okay, great. Good one. Very, very uh, dramatic. Lots of wisecracking. So who goes next, Robo? I am going to throw it over to Radical. Um, I'm going to say, Radical, find that antenna so I can disable it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Radical's had her hands, you know, up in this this uh, this robot, and she's realized that the way that they all communicate with each other and like the the brains is through more or less like a, a closed radio circuit, a Wi-Fi thing. So she's removed one and has been doing stuff with it such that if you sync it up with the the main uh the main radio thingy mabob mm-hmm. um it will like deactivate a bunch of the um the the soldats um so that they're no longer communicating with their their master or they're acting autonomously right okay so she's crafting that device uh and then looks up at robo who's been who's directly above her and is like catch the antenna should be over his heart <laughs> and i'm going to invoke the uh declawed cuz he can punch through there to to get okay. it oh it. cool so he'll, he'll invoke that when he tries to do it right gotcha right. gotcha uh, okay um, so, um but what you're doing right now is i guess you're creating another advantage yeah i'm creating another oh. advantage for him to use okay. so let's okay. see great and you're using what robotics i'd be using or? robotics and computer science i mean they're okay, the same well, yeah yeah they're both relevant here so it's fine i neutral out again so that's a plus five Trying okay, to f- and now you're trying to figure out something about him. Right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose you directly to this. It's gonna matter. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow, I rolled really well. Um, so I got a uh, six. I got a six. You got a six. So I am one away from you right now. Yeah. Hmm. So that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You have aspects. You have free aspects you could invoke. All these campaign aspects. You have auto soldats controlled by Helsingar. That's relevant. You could evoke that. That's relevant. Um, 
I think, though, you were talking about, like, Soviet technology and everything, right? So I'm the daughter of East German spies. So as soon as he said that, I realized that these were robots that I'd seen before, and I knew exactly how to do this. So I'm going to do that uh, and pop it to what gives me plus two, right? So I'm over him now? Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, just so you know, now I have you at two fate points. There's a lot of free aspects to use on the table. You could you could use them anytime. Yes. Um, because you uh, you get fate points back by doing what Roa did before, which was, you know, um, when you when you make an aspect cause trouble for you, that's when you get fate points. Um, so uh, cool. Okay, so that's Very good. Cool. So you beat me. So you're making another. This is an aspect for Robo to use. Of um, hmm. um what? that's a good pun. Aim for the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The heart of the matter. Ah, <laughs> nice. Uh, so I catch the device. Where do I even find the heart on a spider crab? Question. I guess you never study your anatomy. Certainly not of spider crabs. Um, your crab anatomy. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so who goes? Who goes next? There, radical. So let's see. We kind of like the idea of letting the auto. Yeah, I was thinking that let's let's let the the auto sell that go again. Get some more complications okay. going. Great. Um, so auto. Soldats now are going to. The first group of our soldats is going to attack you, Radical, because you're trying to take them apart. They don't Makes like sense. that. So defend yourself with uh, athletics or combat. Uh, so I'm going to defend myself. I'm packed into a corner, so it's got to be combat at this point. So they're closing in. I don't have any time to escape. So I grab Admirable. the the track of my skateboard and swing it at them to defend. Okay. That's fine. So, that's uh, that's very admirable that you you gave yourself that limitation. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get a uh, two. They get a two. I remember your uh, skateboardy stunt doesn't apply to this. Yep, I get a negative one. Great. Uh, so I beat you by two. It's no big deal. We're just gonna check their second stress box. It's like so not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Really is. Okay. So you check your second number. stress box. Yeah. You took, you took, uh, you lost by two. So if you check the second box, it'll reduce that damage by two. Cool. Thanks. Um, you could also have taken a mild consequence to do the same thing, but I don't think you want to do it. No, no. Um, okay. Uh, great. So auto soldats B are going to attack touchdown. How dare you mess with the uh, mechanical engineering of this place? Is there a? So give me a ch- defense. Actually, I was going to say, is there any What's way that? I could uh, use my invoke to? Or uh, use hail of bullets to uh, get in their way, since I'm just spraying bullets everywhere. Yeah, sure. You could invoke that again to give. Uh, I'll I'll use that to give uh, touchdown a bonus on his. Um, no, who who am I talking about? Well, I could. I have this uh, team player stunt where I guess I could invoke it if it's okay. free and get a plus three yeah. instead of a plus two. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so, either way, it would be okay. a plus three. So yeah. we can just keep that oh, on the right. table if you need it. Oh, yeah, because you have, you have one, too, that gives your... Yeah, yeah. when okay. I invoke yeah, something I'd, I'd that say, I... Well, let's let's see what you got on your defense before we right. talk about invoking. I got okay. a four. You're not going to have to invoke it before, you know, uh, they, they you roll your defense anyway, so... Um, Alright, let's see, I get so a... a roll of defense. I get a, I get a minus one on the dice, and I guess I'd be using a plus three... Combat? It could be at uh, yeah combat. You could defend with combat. Or, or I, I mean, it's it's plus three either way. But I think I, I want to defend with provoke. <laughs> can I do that? No, Just turn around can't. and be like, <laughs> I'm working here. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. So uh, yeah, it's a plus two. Okay, so you got two total. Yes. Okay. 
and I got a four total. So did you want to? Uh, right? Do you want to um, invoke that, or we can? Hold you know on what? I say uh, here's here's my general advice on uh, spending fate points. Uh, don't just don't spend fate points on defensive stuff. Okay. Because what what are you gonna do? You're gonna take some stress. You're gonna check a stress box, and then the scene's gonna be over. That stress is gonna go away. Like yeah. Oh, mm, that makes sense. Save your fate point yourself. Usually isn't that cool, right? So. Um, like, I will almost never spend uh, fate points defending myself as, mm. as the GM. I'm not um, a tough Because, like, guy. it's interesting to do more damage to you, which is I'm gonna, I'm, what I'm going to do now. Um, so I'm also going to invoke a Hail Helsingard, uh on these guys. And um, so I'm going to bump their... I was beating you by two, and I'm going to beat you by... So it's real easy. You just check your four stress box. And stress just means, you know, you you, oh, you don't have a four stress box. Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> consequence, I guess. Good to see. So I'm going to give you a uh, consequence of... That's what these guys do, generally. These, these auto-solvers just seem to grab people. Okay. Um, so check your second stress box, and you have a mild consequence of grabbed. That mild consequence, by the way, will also go away at the end of the scene. So. Cool. Okay, so now who was going to go next? That was auto-sold at B. Auto-sold at C, you're going to attack Barricade. Okay. So, uh, alright, that's that's my cue to do something. Oh, cool, I did really well. Yay me, I got a six as these three auto-soldats come at you. Brah. Okay, uh, and I will uh, say that they are, they have slipped past the uh, the hail of bullets, and I will be defending with physique. You can invoke it to... Uh... You can invoke it to help yourself there or whatever, but that's true. Um, I'm just trying to move to a point where I can maybe do some damage to someone before I end the scene because it's ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah, no, and that, that's why I'm saying they've slipped past the hail okay. of bullets and Great. defending with physique. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Uh, I got a four, so I'll just a four. Sh- yep. Okay. So you take two. Yep. Stress. So you, you'll hold them back, but the the stakes are clearly raised here. <laughs> <because> <laughs> Robo's managed to knock a, an arm off of Helsingard, but uh, the rest of you are all menaced by these autosoldats. Yeah, and there are seven a, more arms, Robo. Come on, hurry up. Chop, chop. We've got 22 um, minutes. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, choose, um, I choose Robo to go next. So I'm still, like, fighting with the other arms to now try and place this device in the core so we can override the autosoldats. So I, I think this is a scenario that just calls for punching. Which is something yeah, that I'm very good at. <laughs> uh, Use your violence on it. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, I ended up with four. Um, oh, you know what? I'll never beat that. I concede. Okay. <laughs> um, so there's a thing you can do in Fate where if you feel like, I'm just not going to be able to match that thing you're doing against me, I concede. Mm-hmm. So I get, uh, so it means I get taken out, but I get to say how I get taken out. Okay. Um, and then, uh, in, as some sort of compensation for that, um, I get uh, I get uh, fate points. It's happened to you too. So you get a fate point for conceding. For every consequence you have, you get another fate point. Okay. So I had one, one consequence, and I'm conceding. So I get two more fate points for my reserve. Um, and how am I going to say I'm taken out? I'm going to say you punch through this weak point in my robot armor. It's been superheated by this steam, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you, you know, it's the punching through that's the hard part. Placing the thing where it's supposed to be is is the easy part. Um, and then uh, you do that, and your plan goes off flawlessly, and everything uh, shuts down. But a, a self-destruct sequence is initiated. <laughs> yes. Um, so like, you know, and as he as he powers down, this will not be the last you'll see. Um, but uh, then in German, um, you can understand this radical. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little uh, 
another little voice that says self-destruct sequence initiated. Why is there always a self-destruct sequence? I want to cut to the next panel would be um, the surface. There'd be a panel of just that, and the next panel would be an explosion. Nice. Um, And then cut to Tesla Dynate Q, which is currently in the Empire State Building at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of you uh, returning uh, back to HQ, uh, the worst for wear, all scorched and um, your... um, your regular, uh, uh, you know, Tesladyne action scientist uh, hogs all, like, you know, burned or ripped up or whatever, and you just kind of got out with your lives. Um, and uh, Robo barely has a shirt on, <laughs> if he has one on at all. And as you come in, the uh, receptionist guy, I don't remember his name. I don't, I, well, not remember his name. There hasn't been a story set in the 80s at all, so oh, some yeah. receptionist guy um, says to Robo... Uh, Robo, uh, there's someone waiting for you in, in your office. She says that she knows you. Oh, good. Uh, do, do you have, like, a jacket or anything? Uh, the Doc Savage look is great post-mission, but uh, not during business. Well, that's when the uh, corporate stooge from uh, from Hasbro just happens to be there. <laughs> um, just, oh, what, what, what are the odds? You're in need of uh, new clothes, and I just happen to have your... Uh, <laughs> Your line of uh, of public appearance costumes right here. Well, it's a great opportunity for you guys to try these on. And oh, great! Thank you so much. No, 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 no. Like, I'm holding up a jersey oh, with a 14 pink. on it. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't do um, jumpsuits. So we cut back, and we're all now in the exact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Robo, you still, by the way, you still have this mild consequence of battle damage. I'm not keeping the mild consequence of grabbed on. Uh, on touchdown because those guys don't exist. I just, right. I don't know. I, I guess I guess we could, but yeah, we we don't um, have time to buff all the carbon scoring off of uh, Robo's yeah. outer plates. So just, just to save time, I'm going to change battle damage to yeah, carbon scoring is great. Yeah, because I'm a big Star Wars nerd. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, I'm going to give touchdown a mild consequence of the things I've seen because he just got swarmed by all these undead robot things, and that was weird. <laughs> So uh, you go into your office, Robo, and there is indeed uh, someone waiting there for you. She's a very professional-looking uh, young woman with dark hair that's all like wrapped up in a severe bun thing on top of her head. I, I don't really know a lot about hair. It's called a bun. Uh, um, you did good. And, uh, thing. That's enough, right? That's what yeah. we get what buns are. It don't mean none if you don't have them. And uh, she and uh, she has an accent of some kind, very light, let's say, European Johnny Blue Jeans accent. She says... Uh, Robo, it's a pleasure to see you. It's it's been a long time. Robo, you do not recognize this person at all. Uh, I'm sorry. I know you recognize me because they gave me a jumpsuit that has a picture of my face on the chest, but I'm afraid I don't recall you, Miss Salerno. Uh, Una Salerno. You used to work with my father, Sebastian. He was an action scientist, which is true. You realize now. Oh, Sebastian Salerno. He was indeed an action scientist who worked with you. Uh, Back in the 60s. Oh, oh, then, when uh, I last saw you, you were this tall. That's right. Then he had a daughter, and he said, you know what? I can't keep doing this. <laughs> this risky my life for science thing. I'm just going to go teach. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, it was many years ago. And you haven't seen her since, but uh, it tracks. <laughs> you, you bet she's probably this old now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, I hope I'm not inconveniencing you too much. I just uh, I desperately need your help, and I've calculated that you are the most likely uh, solution to my problem. 
I am contractually obligated to go on two secret missions every month, so you are not inconveniencing me whatsoever. And I'm always well, willing to help a, a colleague in any way I can. That's uh, that's that's good to hear. So my father uh, seems to have gone missing, and I, I don't know where else to turn. Hmm. Well, this sounds like a mission for RoboForce, if, if there ever was time, and I apologize for this in advance. Um, I press a button on my desk that, like, uh, wheel, that, like, sets off alarms around the base, uh, that are red, white, and blue. Oh, and no. You guys have to crash in through, through a tearaway wall. Yes. <laughs> and pose as a team. We have to. Is there you also- have to. Oh, no. So, so it blows up with my rocket launcher. Uh, yes. It, uh, it comes in uh, with a machine gun in his hand. Uh, uh, you yeah. ramp your skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> and is there some some music that plays over the yeah. PA as well? Exactly. Robo. Very much approves of this of this sort of thing. Like, yes, nicely done. Again, um, so sorry about that. Bucks. So so sorry. <laughs> Robo, this is a serious matter. I feel like you're treating this like a joke. <laughs> it is not a joke. My father's missing. What was all this all this theatricality is uncalled for? Look, it's very called for. It's called for by very specific contracts that my legal team should have read much much more closely before I signed them. <laughs> But I can assure you, these are some of the greatest scientific action minds on the planet. What's the situation, Robo? We've got a missing action scientist. Tell us about the circumstances of his disappearance. A retired missing action scientist. Um, well, he is a uh, professor at, let's say, MIT. And that, that's me saying that, not her. She knows exactly where he's a professor. <laughs> um, um, he's a professor at uh, MIT. And I recently, um, I called him uh, about a week ago. I didn't get an answer. I called repeatedly. I didn't get an answer, which is very unusual. He's always home working on um, this latest, uh, I don't know what he's on about exactly, but he's been very excited about something he's been working on. Um, And I visited him, and um, he seems to have just be gone without a trace. Hmm. Um, I I didn't see any sign of struggle or anything. I, I, I don't know what's happened exactly. It's, it's just not like him to disappear like this. Hmm. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Radical takes off of her back. She has strapped like a, a giant laptop that has uh, mm-hmm. a symbol of Robo on the outside and when she opens it, his eyes glow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she says, I apologize for this. The computer says, voice recognition. And she goes, Robo Tubular. <laughs> it pings open. <laughs> and she starts doing a search for him uh, and things that he's been working on, and then people who have been interested in the things he's been working on. Okay, so what this sounds like to me is you're starting to investigate a thing. Right. So this is a good time to brainstorm. Cool. Um, so a brainstorm is when action scientists get together and they do science at a mystery to figure out what's going on. So what we're going to do is brainstorm over the course of a few different scenes to uh, to figure something out. So everyone gets a chance here to um, participate in this particular brainstorm. So uh, pick a skill, everybody, and roll that skill. And whoever rolls highest and, and also beats a three, um, they're going to give me a fact 
about something that's, that's relevant to this case. So you're using computer science, obviously. Um, everyone else who wants to participate, you can also pick a skill. Um, so yeah, so just everyone roll at once. Give me a roll of four dice and uh, just try to beat a three. So I got a six. Great. So I'll say success with style. Mm-hmm. Barricade comes in with his notice just pouring over all the information and gets a three. Okay. And I got a two. Uh, so <laughs> so no. <laughs> no. And, uh, now, now, touchdown, I'm thinking, uh, you know, he's a... He's a great mechanical engineer. Um, I'm thinking that he was also actually a student um, mm, at mm. MIT. Uh, so yeah. I, I used my mechanical engineering um, uh, to basically go back to my academic training uh, sure. there, and I got a, uh, a five. Okay, so six has it then. So give me a fact, not the solution, just a fact. Now, you were talking about what he's been researching, what he's been working on. Right. That could be a fact. Cool. Like, um, he published a paper on something. And you don't even have to tell me what the paper is about if you don't want to. You just say, you know, paper published, and you figure out later the, the detail of that. Um, so give me one fact. Yeah, so I, I think it is that recently he's been working on something, you know, super new, super secret. It takes effort to, to find out what it is. Anyone have a good suggestion well, what, of what, what you want it to of, be? What kind of scientist is he? Yeah. Like, what's his Let's establish that fact. Well, he's a, he's a physicist. Okay. Okay. So it's always a good bet. Yeah. <laughs> they do weird things. There could be lots of weird physics things. <laughs> um, so is there any particular weird physics thing that uh, you want to say that he had been um, doing or just yeah, how you found? How crazy do you guys want the science to get Oh, on it this? should get super crazy. It should go to 13. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll chime in but with ideas. Viruses that make computers explode, please. <laughs> Like opening some kind of wormhole. Yeah, I think he's doing some interdimensional stuff. That's okay. uh, that, and also a lot of stuff like has occult imagery in it at this oh. at, in his in his papers. Okay, okay. Uh, multi-dimensional stuff does does um play into existing robo continuity, so that's that's good. I'm gonna say Solera working on multi-dimensional stuff, and uh, that has so that's an aspect you've made, and that has two free consequences on it because you succeeded with style. Cool. And because you succeeded with style, you have two victories so far in the brainstorm. If you get at least three victories, then later you'll be able to come up with a hypothesis, and that hypothesis, that hypothesis will be true. So basically you're going to collectively tell me what's going on. Very cool. Going on. Um, so right now you're, you're two-thirds of the way there. The more victories you get, the more uh, free invocations the hypothesis aspect will have. Um, so right now, great. So you know he's working on some weird multidimensional stuff, and it's it's it, it's a lot to take in. It's a little much to you know to uh, to figure out while you're just looking at it here. Um, and um, Una says, you know, she tried to tell me about it. I couldn't make heads or tails of it, and I'm a mathematician, so I you know it, it didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but would you come with me to his home and see if we can find anything there? Of course. Always okay, good to get a yeah. look at the notes. Okay. Um, yeah, because whatever he published, it's just going to be whatever he chose to release publicly, right? Who knows what he actually has there. All right. To do um, that, we're going to need to drive over. Uh, to which, <laughs> at which point? We're very You're sorry. In <laughs> You're in New York, and uh, he's in Michigan, right? Um, oh, so we're so going to need to fly, fly over. <laughs> Either well, way. Well, okay, in GI Joe, <laughs> if. Four people had to go somewhere. 
they would take four separate <laughs> helicopters. <laughs> true. That's, That's right. very true. It happens all the time. Like, let's go, and they all run to four, <laughs> four like cargo helicopters. Four helicopters can at least hold two people. Um, so everybody, describe to me what your cool Robo Force vehicle yeah, ro- is. Yeah, Robo first has to stand up and say, "Robo Force, gear up!" Oh, in the special action figure voice, <laughs> "Gear up and roll out!" <laughs> <laughs> I like I like this version of Robo that really like relishes this cartoony behavior. <laughs> <laughs> he has to. He's contractually obligated to do it. <laughs> Relish. Um, okay, so what's everyone's uh, uh, wacky RoboForce vehicle look like? So I think Barricade has this tiny, tiny little jet mm. um, where he actually uh, takes his uh, big machine gun and mounts it in the plane. So when he's in aerial combat, he's still using the same machine gun. Oh, okay. But it, it, it's like the size of an Italian sports car. It's, it's, and he's this big dude in this tiny little jet. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay. Great. Um, I'm thinking that touchdowns is going to be super advanced uh, because he's just tweaked it and improved it right. uh, so much. So uh, I'm thinking it's like a it's like a hover bike. It looks like kind of like a quadcopter, except it has like six like rotors uh, like next to each other, like a pips on a die, and he gets in the <laughs> middle of all of them on like this little bike thing and just. Uh, they all wore up, and uh, like, he just takes off, and they're all like, you know, tilting out to keep himself balanced, and uh, right, right. jets off with a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, radicals. Radical yeah. Radical. <laughs> oh. Oh yes. Oh my god, that's even better than yes. It's absolutely a hoverboard, but it's way too big. Uh, I mean, Back to the Future Two won't be out first. Yeah. Yet, well, but, but that would make sense. But this has to be toyetic, so it's too yeah, large yeah. for like a human yeah. to ride. You know, like it. She can ride it, but it, it's a. Uh, it's like it's like a, a, it's like a surfboard. Yeah, it's like a surfboard, and it is unfortunately uh, pink, white, and like baby blue because she's the girl of the team and mm-hmm. the teenager, and it has. It says you that those colors move units. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, it's and it has like super punk graffiti that says like USA right. all the way yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know like the punks do uh-huh. yeah, and as soon as a touchdown takes <laughs> off by the way like there's a rope connected to uh, his bike and as he gets up in the air it pulls up a banner that has been lying on the yes. ground <laughs> oh, oh my god my hoverboard plays uh, like a, a rock version of the national anthem whenever it's activated yeah. whether you want it to or not <laughs> What's that? Uh, what's that Pepsi slogan? Like the voice of a generation. Or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. What's yours like, Robo? Robo. Okay, so Robo is like sort of holding his head. He's been trying to hold back all of the emotions that he feels about this toy contract, <laughs> and he's waiting around uh, with Una because they have to fly over together. And she's like, "Well, where's where's your where's your thing?" He's like, "It's coming." It's coming. <laughs> and the earth opens up and a train comes out of it. The train then has a rocket in the back that shoots forward and it goes up a ramp and flies off the ramp. And then midair, uh, once it's gone off the ramp, wings shoot out of it, yes. which have yeah, even more rockets attached to them. It runs through a space shuttle. Yeah. And the front of the train has Robo's... 
Oh, Robo's eyes. Robo's eyes and face <laughs> is like yes. the front of this. Yep. And so, then they fly into formation together. And it's also pretty oh, clear. What, a, what an awesome miscalculation by Hasbro. You don't know, like his trains. What's your train? Hey, Robo, make a train. Yeah, they went for everything. This thing turns into a submarine, too. Um, and the, the, the worst part is there are clearly areas... There are clearly areas on this thing where the other vehicles can link up yes. to it. Yep. <laughs> right, so, right. <laughs> we're flying across <laughs> the country, I guess. I love that we've created the world's most advanced vehicles, and we are ashamed of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are shameful. <laughs> That's it for One Shot This Week, Heroes. Once again, I am so sorry about the errors in the episode, and I am also sorry about Robo's voice. I know I put out a lot of extensive voice notes on him, but come recording day, I was sick, and I couldn't go full force. I think everything turned out all right, it just could have gone better. For something that's actually produced very beautifully, check out the campaign podcast over at oneshotpodcast.com. Hosted by Cat Murphy, campaign stars John Patrick Cohen, Johnny O'Mara, and myself playing the Star Wars Edge of the Empire role-playing system. Right now, the party is split, so hilarity is basically guaranteed to ensue. Be sure to follow OneShot on Twitter at OneShotRPG, on Tumblr at OneShotPodcast.tumblr.com, on Google Plus by looking up our community, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod. You can also help us out by leaving us a rating or review on iTunes. The more five-star ratings and reviews we get, the more we'll be featured, which helps new people find the show. But the best way you can help us out is just by passing us on. Tell a friend about us. And stop spreading those awful rumors about the One-Shot Podcast Secret Archive. As you can see, there's no hidden clue in this episode that will lead you to another hidden clue somewhere in the campaign podcast to find that hidden archive. Because it doesn't exist. Glad we could clear that all up. One Shot is a joint production between Tenpenny Press and Peaches and Hot Sauce. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great articles, videos, and podcasts for you to enjoy at peachesandhotsauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure. Courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Okay.